Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gloriously lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Well, greetings, brothers and sisters, and to our friends all over the world. And, uh, well, our brother Tim Dodd is all over the world right now. In fact, uh, maybe not all over the world, but he's all over Uganda. And he has been traveling there and uh, preaching and visiting the places where the support has been sent. And he has also been interviewing right down at ground floor level with the people and the ministers there. And he's been sending the clips back. We have some fascinating testimonies to share with you today. Um, these are real. These are, This is just right off the, the streets of Uganda. People who your prayers and your donations have helped. And it's fascinating to hear as Brother Tim talks with them and they get to tell the stories in their own words. God bless you, Brother Mark. And thank you for that introduction. Through the modern technology and the amazement of it, we're able to put this podcast together from opposite sides of the earth. I'm still in Uganda, and uh, this is literally the other side of the world from Canada, 11 time zones different. And uh, I trust that, well, I know that what you're about to hear is going to be a blessing. When we landed in Uganda, we went the next day up to the northern uh, region of Kampala, not the northern part of Uganda, but just north of Kampala, into the Jinja Iganga area, began to have meetings there. After the first set of meetings, I met a young man by the name of Brother Juma. What you're about to hear is his story and testimony. You'll hear some other things as well, but mainly you'll hear Brother Juma's testimony, a fine young man who has come into the message only eight months ago. And hundreds of souls already have been brought to the message by his uh, ministry and testimony. He's about 30 years old, I believe. And uh, just a wonderful, wonderful young man. I had the opportunity to sit and talk with him. Uh, Definitely the presence of God upon him, uh, the fire of the burden of the word in his eyes, and we just so appreciate the opportunity to be with him. I will say over the next several podcasts, you'll be getting snippets from the trip here in Uganda that are recorded live, as you said, Brother Mark. And uh, I know that it'll be a blessing to you to try and get a feel for what's on the ground. I just want to say to start in this first Uganda podcast that the awakening here is going as strong as it ever has. It's it's hard to express exactly what I have in my heart. All I can say is that the needs are great because the Lord is doing great things. And while we expect that God will be able and is able to provide for all their needs, as the Word says, uh, we want to be very sensitive and very directed of the Holy Spirit 
as he gives us the resources to help these brothers, these very mature brothers that are ministering here in their outreach, in printing of books, and helping congregations that have lost their buildings and need a place of worship. Uh, may the Lord help us and direct us. So let's begin those interviews. You'll hear Brother James Katumba first. Brother James is the associate pastor of Brother Stephen's Church, Intervale Ministries. And then you'll hear from Brother Juma himself, who does not speak English. So Brother James will be interpreting for him. And finally, you'll hear from Brother Stephen. Please excuse the quality. Um, we don't have the studio equipment that we have at home, but we trust and believe that you'll be able to enjoy what you hear. So on to the interviews. I'm with Brother James Katumba, who is associate to Brother Stephen at Bally. And we're just sitting here at Brother Elijah Diogo's church in his house now, having a meal after the first service. And we're just fellowshipping around a new group that has come in up north. What is the brother's name, Brother? Uh, well, actually, before the brother's name, it's Brother Juma. Brother Fred, Juma. Fred Baraza. Okay. And he is from what region? He's actually having a church in Ibuyende district. But his ancestral home is in Namayingo district, 200 kilometers apart. Okay, so so now up in his district where he has his church, he's been under quite a persecution from the Pentecostals up there. Yes, very much actually. A number of cycles of really tortures and sufferings he has gone through. Actually, initially they just had to chase him out of the church. And then also even the garden he was using, they had to chase him away from that place where he was planting his crops from. Even the house where he was staying, they told him, please leave. My, my, my. Well, God bless him. He's still, he's still ministering up there? Yeah, he's ministering right now. His zeal is very much, actually. He's going everywhere to minister the word of God from the message that he has learned. He's having such a great zeal that... He has been moving different places where we also have been going, and the, the Lord is opening a lot. Until now, last week, we went to his ancestral place in Namayingo, and the, where he was born, if there is a church where he came from, and that church opened their doors, even called relatives from Kenya to come and hear, and they went back saying that they also want to hear the same gospel. Now, he, he had a desire for his family, because why? He doesn't want them to perish in darkness. Much as they are Pentecost, he said that these people should know the truth. And indeed, they receive the truth. Amen. So they embrace the truth and they're ready to be baptized? They are ready to be baptized. So now when you go out amongst these people, how do you introduce the gospel to them? We start with the, the salvation that they know, what real salvation is, what Christ really came to do. And then after telling them about the salvation, then we, we ask them, do you know what you worship? Then from there, we introduce the Godhead, and then we bring in the water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we take them step by step, bringing them into the message of the hour. Now, do these people already go to church? Or are they not Christians to begin with? Or what kind of state are they currently in before you introduce the gospel to them? They are actually religious groups, Pentecostals, some even Baptists. So they come to church. Like Uganda is more of a religious kind of nation. People going to church every Sunday and then for services. But then they don't know what they worship. 
So like now most times in Pentecostals, most of the time is devoted to singing and you know, they even don't read scriptures. Some of them don't have Bibles, but they say they are saved. And some of them accept the Lord as their personal saved, but they've never been baptized. So they don't know what, what real salvation is. So when you introduce salvation to them, that's like a, a new concept to them? Is that what that is? Yes, actually. For them, they think salvation is more of just only deliverance, getting healed, praying for this. Mm. But they don't look at the aspect of real total deliverance, right. that when somebody is delivered, they can stand upright and mm. overcome. They really, they really that's, that's far away from them. But now when they get to know the, what real salvation is, it gives them grace and strength. And uh, normally in these Pentecostal churches, Doris have services of deliverance almost every service. You know, people coming, have this kind of spirit, have this bad dream, have this, have this. But now when they get to know what salvation is, then they will know that Christ is inside of me so he can handle every challenge that I go through in life and family. Amen. Now, Brother James here is uh, also the brother that manages the building program for us over here. He's an engineer by trade, and we've had him on the podcast before. And so uh, the people, you'll be familiar with him if you've heard that podcast. But now James also being a minister, uh, he, was, uh, he also travels very much. How often are you traveling during the month, Brother James? I know you're ministering at the home church for Brother Stephen, but how often do you travel and how far out do you go? Okay, normally I travel once or twice every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And sometimes you hand a distance of 150 kilometers or 200, sometimes 80, depending on the directions you're going through where the need is. Now, you say those numbers, but that means something different to us than it does to you. Because when we say 80 kilometers, that's 45 minutes to an hour. What does that mean to you? 80 kilometers here, it depends on the road. On the highway, it's one and a half kilometers. But when one you go to... Hours. One, one and a half hours, sorry. But then on the Maram Road, that can take two to three hours. Right. Two to three hours to go 80 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So just to give the people an idea of the sacrifice, and how often do you travel every month? Every month, okay. I've been counting every week around once to twice. So every month you're having not less than six journeys, sometimes even 10 journeys, depending on the need and the openings, which is really there. So there you have it, how much sacrifice is done by these brothers. And Brother James is only one brother that travels. There's many brothers that travel out uh, from the local area that work with Brother Stephen. And so, you know, they spend of their efforts and their time. This is their life. And uh, they're doing a tremendous work in this area to gather the members of the body of Jesus Christ in the last days. Do you do baptisms, Brother James? Yes, we do baptisms. We arrange at least once every month to do baptisms. Brother Stephen, I think, said that there was a large baptism recently. Yes, we had, we had a large baptism in Ibuyende, where this brother comes from. Over 200 are baptized. And we have 200 people. Okay. And we have more 300 ready for baptism. But we are thinking we shall do it either before the end of the year or early next year. Mm. So the people continue to come in. The Lord continues to reach out and gather fruit in this end-time harvest here in the country of Uganda. Sorry, Brother James, let me just catch up on one other thing here. Now, Brother Stephen tells me uh, you're a straight shooter. 
Now you get out amongst the denominational people and you tell them what the Antichrist really is and you really uh, don't spare anybody from what the word really declares. Uh, what typical reaction do you get? Normally, some people receive it well, but some people really want really fight it. Or they are afraid of you really telling them really what's happening. Like uh, this union of churches, which is a strong movement in our country, not only our country, but all over the world. They are really like, uh, hey, this is what's happening. And they find themselves that even the pastors are part of these associations. But when you tell them, some deny or some would want to be there for the sake of benefit, and then others say we really need to leave this kind of thing. So the, the union is like an ecumenical movement type of thing. Exactly. And uh, it's interdenominational. It's interdenominational. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, we have that all, all over the world. But when, they, when the truth comes, of course, those that are predestinated to the truth, they separate from the, the system. Yes, they do. They do, actually. And we are happy that wherever we go, we always get people who are really believing the message. Though some are fighting it, like uh, there is a place we went to, actually, it, had, it was a church which had about 100 people. When I started preaching in the morning, they were receptive. Now in the evening when I started preaching, 50 of the people, half of the church left, including pastors. But then later on in the evening, minority of them called us and said that they don't want to die in their sins. They want to receive baptism. They want to really see that they start some kind of new work away from where they were being you know, chest away from. Mm-hmm. So while they walked away from the service, the Holy Spirit convicted them and they called you back. Yes, and then uh, there is a particular example of a man who was uh, really asking a question. And then when he was asking that question, you know, because they normally make people confess that he write my name, write my name in the book of life, remove it from the book of the dead. Mm. Then we're teaching them that that's not true. The book of life was written before the foundation of the world. Mm. And the Bible doesn't talk anyway about the book of the dead. So now when this man asked the question, he went out when I was answering. Now after answering, he came back and stood at the door entrance, said that, you know, you have not answered right. You have not understood it. So we told him, but you have not been around. But after some few days, he started calling and saying, please, what I know, this is the truth. Mm, amen. So those are some of the scenarios which really kind of happen. Amen. I'm sure when you've baptized hundreds of people, there's many, many individual testimonies in those hundreds of people. It's not just lining people up to be baptized. They all have to have an individual experience with God. Exactly. Actually, a number of these people, some of them come and confess to us that they have never been saved. Mm-hmm. Much as they either pastors or said, we have never been saved, we, but we've seen the light. And really, some of them are saying, please don't delay. We don't want to perish in our sins. You know, when they hear the truth and then they receive it, it's such great joy, even for the family. And some have even testified that a lot of their problems have been having before receiving this message have gone away and troubles have gone away. So it's a lot of joy that comes down. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother James. Uh, we so appreciate the individual testimonies. Now, one last question before I let you go. Now, uh, Brother Semple was saying, you were saying earlier, there's 200, you, over 200 you just baptized. There's another 300 waiting, but that's one area. There's yes. many other and many other areas. Exactly. There are many areas, actually, that like now that is just one place. 
But then there are many other areas where there is need for baptism. Like even many of these meetings we go to in different places, you find that the need keeps on coming. The needs keep on coming. And actually it's continuous. But right now if I would really say that the number of needs, you know, we have needs like in Uruero, some place in Namawoja, we have place like in Rengo, near Masaka, then we have also in Rakai, we have now here in Namayingo, we have this idea in Mayigo, we have in Kamuri Ruel. They are over, I would say, if we are ready to tabulate the need we have now, it could be over 1,000 people mm. who would really need baptism. Amen. So in spite of all that have been baptized, there's still probably over 1,000 waiting to be baptized. Yes. Thank you, Brother James. Appreciate the testimonies. So that's Brother James Katumba here in the uh, Jinja area. Not here. We're actually in the Mayugi area right now. But he's from the Jinja area, Brother Stephen Abali's church, Intervale Ministries. And uh, so thank you, Brother James, for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Brother Tim. Even for coming here to Uganda, we appreciate that. God bless you. We have with us here in Mayugi now just sitting around the meal and we're getting ready to go back to the evening service but brother juma is here and brother juma is from what region brother james brother juma comes from buyende okay now brother juma has quite a testimony because he's under quite a, a religious persecution up there from the denominations particularly the pentecostals but the lord has really quickened him now how long brother juma have you since you have received the message of the hour. Omaze chiserachi kasokdofuno bubakabuno. Maze nikujamiezi omunana. It is 8 months now. So in 8 months you've set that region on fire. Mumiezi omunana ichifwecho chitare kumuliro. Ngoiram. Oiram munti. Mumiezi omunana ichifwecho chitare kumuliro. Mbe ngoiram chempegano nizendi kukuvunula byaliko ba ngoiram. Yes. He has, he has put the place on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many people have been baptized in that region? Bantu bameka babataziwa mu chifo echo. Bibigenkada. 260. 260 people baptized in 8 months. Is that right? Mu miezi munana bantu bikumi bibiri nanka gana babataziwa. Yes, babataziwa tebakayenda. Mumiezi, yes. Okay. 206 have been baptized in that period, and there are many who need to be baptized. Right. Now, Brother Juma, are you, were you a minister prior to receiving the message of the hour? Yes. He was a minister. What is your background? He has been actually a pastor and he has been preaching this gospel even before and he was under a denominational leadership. Mm -hmm. So they had a place where, where he was really ministering. So when they heard this message, they accepted it with all their heart. 
in his church. Mm. And they believe the message with all their heart. But many religious leaders in Uyende are not happy about that. But as we said, we have accepted this truth and we're ready to die for it. And we want to receive more of this message in Uyende because it has made us happy. So we believe the whole message. Amen. Amen. Now, what books have you received of the message, Brother Juma? They've got the Bibles, Mm -hmm. and then there's also these other messages, the seven seals, the seven church ages, and then the Hebrews, and then these other books of different messages. Have you been able to read all of that in eight months? Yes. <laughs> there you hear it. Yes, he can say yes in English. <laughs> now, Brother Juma, how old are you? Thirty years of age. Yeah, I thought so. He looks quite young to me, so I just thought I'd ask how old he was. And here's a, here's a young man that's on fire for the Lord. <laughs> At what age did you start preaching? At 25 years of age. I was 24 when I started preaching. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, we're so glad to hear that, uh, Brother Juma. Now, uh, you've had your building destroyed. You've had people do different things to you, but you're determined to stay with the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Maybe you can just describe briefly some of the things that have taken place in the opposition. Yes, they had built a church. They came and removed the iron sheets. We got the tarpaulin. Mm. They got iron sheets on the church. Then now they removed the iron sheets. Then they, they got the tarpaulin. Then they came and actually stole the tarpaulins, destroyed them like that. Then they came also and made my business vanish. Then they brought the resident district commissioner wanting to chase me away from Buyende. But we were strong, we just stayed. Now they've been using where because we don't have our own land and then going because they know that we are renting and so the, the owner of the land would chase, away from, chase us away from there. But when we had the truth we just believed that God will make a way for us to get our own place such that we can stand firm and serve the Lord. So we receive you in the name of the Lord. Now, Brother Juma, are you really determined to stay with this message in the face of all that opposition? Juma, 
is so much determined that he will stand in the message era mtandi so jitambuza bolinako and right now what he's doing is taking the message also to the others every day amen well brother jim i have news for you um i shared your testimony with the believers at home alina maulira malungi joli and someone has stepped forward to financially support you to get your own place. So we will we will soon be uh, arranging through Brother James to help you to buy your own property for the church up there and to have your structure on your own land. And thank you so much. Saying amen. Thank you so much. He really so much appreciates for this gesture. You have given us a lot of strength to stand on this message. He's going to take this message in Uganda and even in Kenya. Because he has already got a strong base and foundation. I know that the Lord who has got us, who has bought for us a place, is going to fight for us and even give us the ability to take this gospel further. Much as I've been walking on bare feet preaching the gospel, but now I'm so much encouraged. Amen. Amen. Now, this is the brother. Um, if you recall what Brother James said in the other podcast, how that he had traveled into his, the land of his ancestors yes. and uh, reached out, and they all embraced the message. And even some relatives and associates from Kenya came over and embraced the message of the hour. How, so let me hear it from Brother Juma. What was the response to the message when he went home and gathered people and preached there? People accepted this message and they want us to go back and baptize them. They want to organize a, a kind of like a a meeting for three to four days for the whole district. So that the whole district gets no this message. There are even people from Kenya. Those relatives, they want us to go back. To, they want us to go to Kenya. They also want to be baptized. So that the, mess, the gospel is preached. And even also sending to them books. So they read. They have accepted the message. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Juma. We appreciate that. This will be on uh, on the internet on a podcast. And we thank you for your time spending with us and sharing with us what God's doing in your area. So God bless you. We will continue to be in contact and we'll be praying for you. Amen. Amen. Well, there you have it, folks. It's amazing what God can do in a person's life in less than a year. 
through the message of the hour. It truly is a short, quick work, and we thank God for what he's doing. So we're happy to be here in Uganda hearing these stories. Amen. We're sitting here with Brother Stephen Abali in his home in the Ganga area north of Jinja, and uh, we are just talking about Brother Juma, whom the other brothers have spoken about, but Brother Stephen knows more of the details behind uh, what has taken place there. Now, Brother Juma shared with us some things, Brother Stephen and Brother uh, James shared with us some things, but he has really come under a persecution and he really has to be careful. Yeah, uh, well, some time back, we went to the area where Brother Juma uh, comes from, and uh, he was one of those younger pastors in the area. So one man uh, who was supposed to be one of the leaders in the Pentecostal Union had invited us and several ministers uh, to go and speak to them. So while we were going there, Brother Juma was one of the younger men that protested because we did not go through the right channels. Uh, of course, when they've got that uh, uh, Pentecostal Union, uh, to bring in a visitor, you must go to the pinnacle in order to be allowed to bring in somebody that will meet a union of pastors. So he was very adamant on that, but, uh, you know, he still came and uh, attended the services. When he attended the services, he was struck by the truth that we presented that day. I took two services. Then uh, he got actually very convinced. This is the truth that should not be locked out. So the man who invited us got so excited, but because he was part of the Pentecostal Union, he was uh, wrestled out by his superiors. And so he turned down uh, the kind of uh, baptism he had wanted to take, and uh, uh, we were not welcome in the area anymore. So this young man, Juma, he said, no, that's not a truth we should lock out. So he turned around, and uh, I was telling him that, you know, uh, he was like a soul, <laughs> mm. yeah, who persecuted Stephen and afterward got converted. Mm. And when uh, Saul got converted, I was telling him the Lord told him you'll suffer many things. So he's our brother Juma. <laughs> Amen. So uh, brother Juma, who was originally against the message coming into the area, being part of the uh, council of the Pentecostals, uh, the United Council there. Uh, if you didn't understand with Brother Stephen's accent, what he said, he was like Saul in the book of Acts, persecuting the church. But when he became converted, then he, Brother Stephen said, now you will suffer many things. So from there, uh, I think many souls came in. Yeah, uh, from there, many souls have come in. Uh, hundreds have been baptized in the district and uh, there are some other so many others waiting for baptism and uh, you know 
he, he, for him is a zealot, just somebody who is so zealous of what he believes. Uh, when he got this truth, he doesn't care, and he, you know, he doesn't fear uh, going anywhere with this truth. He has really been uh, very much used, and uh, behind him now, we've got quite a number of pastors who have opened their church doors and have believed this message in the area. Amen. Wonderful. But uh, uh, you were sharing some of the uh, council and the people and, and the, even the political leaders of the area that warned him at this time. Yeah, you know, it is so strange that, uh, you know, I always tell the people that, uh, you know, the false uh, group, on the false vine, always draws its strength from state power. All through church history, that's what they've done. So when Brother Juma took a stand, this time it was not uh, a union of Pentecostals that literally came uh, against him directly. Uh, they involved the police and they involved uh, the local leadership at the district level. There's what we call the resident uh, uh, district commissioner uh, they came up when he was having meetings and they told him he should stop services and uh, on trying to understand why, you know, these people had been told that he preaches dangerous things. And so... Now, you say they came to him, but they actually visited the service, you said, and with police officers, is yeah. that right? Yeah, they visited the service with police officers. Yeah. And uh, they desired to see that he stops uh, his ministry there, well, which he could not back up with. Uh, so the commissioner calls him to his office, which was a Monday. Uh, he went to his office on Monday. And, uh, you know, all the security intelligence uh, in the district goes to that office. Mm. So he was saying that the Pentecostal committees are so uh, threatened by his new approach to the word. And uh, they were very, very unsecure. I don't know what word to use, but uh, they were scared of what he was doing and at the rate that he was moving on. So this man was telling him, you need to be careful because with the kind of attitude they've developed, you can either, you know, be mobbed by them if you move in dangerous hours of the night or if you eat carelessly. Imagine it was a, a, a local leader that was warning him against the possibility of those people eliminating him in some way. My, 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 my. That is the spirit of the false vine. It's only the false vine that persecutes the true vine. And, uh, well, that's an amazing, amazing thing. And we certainly want to pray with Brother Juma and for Brother Juma and the work in that area. Hundreds of hundreds of souls are coming in in that area and in other areas directly as a, as a response to this. Thank you, Brother Stephen, for sharing that with us. Yeah, God bless you.
Brother Tim, just back here in the United States, hearing these reports, and we just rejoice with how the work is going forward. The souls that are being baptized the fearlessness of the believers, and even the opposition. You know, if this is a true work of God, the opposers of Christ, they have scriptures to fulfill also. And though their opposition is not pleasant, and uh, these are serious situations the brothers have to deal with, that maybe they're, even their lives are threatened. But in another way, it's just another confirmation that this is the true gospel and it's just fitting in the same pattern as it has always been through history. Amen, Brother Mark. That's true. It is the same pattern of the same gospel, and we rejoice in it. You know, the Lord Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, he says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But he doesn't stop there. He says, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. We've lived in a pretty um, civilized society in the Western world. Persecution has been verbal more than physical. But in some of these places where people perhaps think they can get away with a little bit more, you see the true spirit of Catholicism uh, coming out. You know, spirits don't die. And the spirit in the mother church is the same spirit in the daughter churches. And if they could destroy by means of force, by means of government intervention, the light of the hour, they would do that. Because we know that that's the devil using those systems to uh, come against the word that God reveals in every age. And I think that we have to understand that there's still good people in those systems. We see those people coming out, as the scripture says, come out of her, my people. Be not partaker of her sins, that you be not partaker of her plagues. And we see many, many people coming out. I have, we have more tremendous testimonies to share, even testimonies of the services here. We've moved into another region now, and uh, we're in the Kampala area with Brother Fred Shinji. And uh, we have seen some fruits of the meetings here as we've reached out into some of the more rural areas. And so stay tuned. We'll be bringing more. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We pray that God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. 
The newsletter is free. Just request it and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Aho. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you.